We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Jack Ramsey's Danny Brang, Brandon Sprague here on a Thursday evening. Appreciate you guys. Love you guys. Like, rate, review, subscribe. Help us grow the show. Get all of the stuff out of the way. Uh, we're just short of 6,000 subs to the channel now. So uh, help us get there as we kind of make this trade deadline push. We'll talk maybe a little bit about that. But that'll be towards the end of the show tonight. Is all about the return of Damian Lillard. Uh, what it was like. What it was to be in the arena. Seeing Dame. Talking to Dame. Uh, watching him out on that floor again. Uh, the flow of the game, the contributions for up and down the roster, what it was like in the locker room post game, and just the overall feeling of everything coming out of last night and what was the biggest game of the season for the Portland Trailblazers this far. And uh, I guess we'll just dive right into it just because it's still so fresh. Uh, first of all, real quick, shout out to everyone who uh, I ran into last night, had some story or, or anecdote to share at the arena. Thank you for stopping by. It was awesome. It was one of those nights. It was super cool to see everybody out there. Um, it just had a different atmosphere last night. It just, it just was. Um, so, uh, thank you for that. It was, it was, uh, it was very, very, very cool to see you all. Uh, without further ado, Mr. Brandon Sprague, how are you doing, good sir? I'm doing great, Danny Morang. Um, you know, I, I, I said this early on the radio show, but I, I want to bring it back for the pod. Almost every one of us knew like this season was going to be a lot of downs and some ups, mm-hmm. and you know, a little tough from a win loss perspective. The one thing we all agreed on and knew is you circled the Dame come home game, right? You, you found it on the calendar. You saw it on the schedule. Some of you went and probably bought pre-sold tickets and got in line for all that in the queue. And some people bought tickets last minute. Very rarely, I want. I just want to appreciate, like very rarely in our sports lives, do we get big games in our city. Like we've had some over the years, especially in the Dame era. But it's been a minute. and And there was something about yesterday's game that just... It wasn't about record. It, it just felt big, right? It, it was emotional. It was national television. It was the little guy versus the big contending guy. And there was just everything about that. And it delivered. It was the best game of the year. It was the most entertaining game of the year. It was filled with questionable decision-making from a team that hopes to win a title, Paired with a team that is stuck kind of in the lottery and showed a lot of grit, a lot of fight, a lot of, you know, togetherness. And so I just, it, the scene looked awesome. I was jealous of everybody that got to go to that game. 
I was really happy that Blazer fans, you know, shared their emotions. I saw a lot of, you know, people, mutual people I think we know on Blazers Twitter. It looked like they all met up and had a good time. I, I love to see that stuff. And I just want to appreciate the fact that the biggest game of the season that we all knew, it, it, it lived up to the hype. That could have been a Milwaukee Buck 20-point win. Dame waving to the crowd with five minutes to go in the fourth, waiting for the game to end. And it didn't. It came down to the wire. We thought we might get some Dame time action at the the very end there, but Brooke Lopez is about Brooke Buddy, Lopez. Buddy, I thought we were going to get something there. We'll talk well, about Malcolm Brogdon. He should have, but Brooke was like, no, it's Brooke time. So um, I just I want to appreciate the fact that such a, a big moment for our city as sports fans, mm -hmm. it more than delivered. And yeah, no, it lived up to the hype. Happens. And let's kind of start with that. Uh, I got off the air at 3 o'clock. I left at 3.15, got over to Moda, and it was already the buzz in the arena. Oh, yeah. It was it was there right out of the gate. Uh, Dame got in probably about 4.15, so I somewhere right around there. He wasn't in the locker room for long before he meandered on down. Uh, this is maybe a little bit inside baseball for folks. Um, we did not do it in the media room. We did it where we did the conference finals, Brandon, uh, yeah. in, in the bowels of, of uh, Moda Center underneath everything. Uh, kind of past where that VIP restaurant is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, basically, everyone in Portland media was there. Uh, I think I only noticed one person that wasn't there. Um, beyond that, you had probably another 20 or so national media. Uh, ben Gulliver, friend of the show, a uh, friend of mine, <laughs> was on with Dusty and I for an hour yesterday, yep. pre-game. Uh, uh, pre and... Uh, Kevin Pelton from ESPN, a whole host of, of uh, Midwest media, a whole host of ESPN media. So it had all the, the trimmings and trappings of, of the national TV stuff that we really we took for granted in Portland, even when we were only getting 10, 12 games a year here mm -hmm. um, with, with the national media in town. It, when it gets cut down to one, it's pretty bleeping obvious <laughs> <laughs> what the difference of what that looks like. Um, just trying to get a feel for where everything's at. And, uh, well, can you, can you walk us through? So Danny, you get there, Dame comes just a little bit after you, mm -hmm. you know, he goes through and probably daps everybody up, says hi. He went you, straight you to start... like, he just walked in and went straight to the visitor's locker room. Okay. And, and then, even that you... was a little bit weird. And then right. they, they, they let him out. You know, he kind of, he gets dressed, you know, definitely does his fit walk, gets into his warm ups, his gear, and then comes and does a 30, 35 minute press conference. Which is not usual. It's not normal. For that is not to be SOP. That. No, because so what typically happens is, uh, the the early psychos like Hiken and I will get into the building at like three fifteen, three thirty at the at the latest, and then we'll sit around, watch shoot around, talk to coaches, talk to players. Just that's pretty normal. Then uh, we'll do that for a while, and then five fifteen we'll have pregame, and that'll be mm -hmm. Chauncey Billups, and then five thirty will be the away coach, and then uh, a half hour later or five forty five. The locker room will open up, and we'll go in there pregame, and that's where you sidle up to guys and build your relationships, get your pregame quotes, or just shoot the shit, to be honest. Just kind of build some relationships with guys. And uh, Did that feel normal, sidling up and talking to the guys? Like, did it, no. Did you feel anything in that locker room oh, that God, day? Oh, God, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, the, the, kids, the kids knew something was different. Like, yeah. they knew Dame was in town, but they they just knew. Um. And it was just, you know, there was just that thing in the air. So before we get to the locker room, though, Dame comes and sits down. And it was weird because Blazers PR was there and, and so was Bucks PR. And there was kind of like 
who's running this? <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Yeah, because Blaze's PR is used to it. And Buck's yeah, PR is like, we handling it now. Yeah, so and just- so like they're kind of trying to help each other out, and eventually got to where like Buck's PR just kind of handled everything. But it was, it was awkward. It was weird. Yeah. And yeah. that was kind of the theme from the night. It was that it was awkward and it was weird. That was the whole night. You could just feel this, but you could feel the electricity. You could feel the buzz. Um, Dame answers the questions. You know, I, I had the quotes. Hyken had the quotes. Richmond had the quotes. Everybody who was there had the quotes. You've all read them all by now. Um, but you could feel it, particularly when Richmond asked him a question about the um, if he got closure in that in 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 the game, or, or or he would feel closure in the game. And he said something along the lines of, "It's not closure. It's more than that. This is a part of the story." Um, and so I, I think you started. To, you could feel the emotion kind of building up, including when he said he wasn't going to cry, which, love my guy, he's full of shit. <laughs> he said he didn't. He claims it was sweat. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it was. Which is odd for him to, like, not just cop to a tear. Like, we know. We look, it happened. All right. He's usually so honest about everything. He's like, I we all, we, sweat. We, we, all, we all knew it happened. It's my guy. I, I, I will bust his balls endlessly over that. But, um. Share a little anecdote personally. I went out after that, about five minutes after talking to some folks. I went out on the floor and I met up with him and I got to talk to him. And, you know, a little, a little, a little embrace. And then it, we just kind of looked at each other of just kind of, we, we kept kind of tapping each other on the shoulder. Right. Of like, this is weird. This is, this is <laughs> weird, right? Like, this is weird. This, what like, are we, what are we doing right now? Because his routine was so sideways. And what's the best part about this is every time you look down, it blurs your face, so it looks like you're in witness protection right now. Yeah, <laughs> sorry about that. No, it's fantastic. I don't know. I don't know why it's it's like it's your, so it's your, no, it's it, no, it's your hat. The second you tip your head down, your hat like blurs it out. <laughs> it's 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 the it's not it's not actually the whiteness of your face. You know what? Okay, first of all, I look like uncooked turkey. The second thing. <laughs> The hair is a disaster today, and I just didn't want to do with it, do anything with it. So I just put a hat on. I'll no, stop I, with the hat. No, stuff. I like. No, I like it. It's just good. It was just I was I was laughing because it just kept putting you in like witness protection, and I was like, I need to throw the voice modulator over you well, just to kind of give it the same feel. It sucks because my background is the most boring background in podcasting history, and I I I wanted to like not make it so noticeable it's okay my so wife was busting my balls today about the fact that the only thing i have in the background still is gary so yeah but it's a dope painting of gary like i i don't have even a dope painting of i've got the carrie lake background it's just blurred <laughs> and it's just my face yeah, like, newspaper is a sign of life i need the right date sir yeah uh, i need something uh, people people on twitter by the way i was a little late to the thing i had basketball practice but i mm-hmm. caught up and i watched yeah. everything uh by the way shout out real quick this is unnecessary shout out mm. I like to watch the trail series on the root on on root sports. Yeah, they had a really good one on the kitchen staff. They added oh, and every, yeah, no, the the work that they did at the PF is nuts, dude. Oh, it looks they, insane. They knocked the whole freaking wall down and opened everything up, and now it's like this unbelievable setup that they have in there. It made me want you to can, be a millionaire and have a you chef. could, yo, buddy, you could eat like you wouldn't believe in there now. No. It is bonkers. I was wondering um, when they were going to do that. I haven't caught the last couple, so. No, it, it's 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 really good. So I'm I'm li- I'm watching, and I've kind of noticed root and their volume. It's like um, 
the crowd doesn't seem as connected to mics or volume levels. Mm. So like you can hear the crowd, but you can't like hear the crowd. And so I caught up and I see on Twitter that people are like, Oh, it's not even that big a reception for them. And what did, how do you describe it was what was in person? There. It was, it was the deafening. Lo- it was the loudest it has been since COVID. And it's, wow. it's not even close. It was absolutely juiced in that building. And you could feel it from the jump. And shout out Portland for showing out. They did. They, they showered Dame with love. Um, getting back to the, the pregame part of something, I'll tie this all together. Yeah. He, he talked about how his routine was just so weird. And, you know, he was, I, I was like, so what's the day been like for you? And he goes, because we had talked about it during the press conference of like, you know, I was dropping off my kids and CJ called. And I was like, so what, what kind of, where have you been with this? And he goes, yeah, it's just, I thought I was going to do my normal stuff. You know, I'd go home, you know, I drop off the kids, do whatever errands, get a workout in, come back, take a shower, take a nap. And I'm like, get in the sprinter van, get here and start doing everything. He goes, yeah. And he goes, it wasn't that, <laughs> you know, and it was, mm-hmm. and that's where we just kind of went, this is weird. Like even when he was going through his warm up, he was slowly going through his warm up, stopping to talk with whoever came by, stopping to talk to a fan or a coach or give a nod to the crowd. And it was just, it was just something different over and over and over. And with each passing minute on the floor, you could feel it lift up and lift yeah. up. And lift more people up. are starting to come into the building a little bit. It's and, more, more. And yeah. you could feel it build just a little bit more. And the crowd around him above in the stands started to build a little bit more. And it, you could just feel the night kind of building like a tsunami. And then they go out. Everybody clears the floor, and they come out for the layup line. Mm-hmm. And I know I, I've heard that the, the, that or ESPN didn't grab this because of the college basketball game. And Mark Mason impromptu the Milwaukee Bucks and Damian and point guard Damian Lillard. So it's not the introduction, just the layup line, and this is the first applause. And it's kind of like a quasi standing ovation with like forty percent of people in their seats. It's a it's, yeah. a, it's a, just a loose recognition of hey he's back. Yep. Okay, and then we we get the the uh, national anthem, kick ass national anthem. They did a, like, yeah. a, a ensemble group, probably the best one of the not even probably it was the best one of the year. So they had that lined up. So you're like, all right, now we're bringing out the big guns. All right, we were hitting, we're hitting. Yeah, you got to yeah. deliver. It's a show. Yeah. And then they they start the the lineups and they get to Malik Beasley first. And then, because I didn't know the order they were going to do this in, I knew they were going to do two tribute videos, and I knew this. I knew the second one was going to catch him off guard. <laughs> 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 so um, then Dame second, and the way the crowd poured out over him was, I think, everything he wanted it to be and everything it needed to be, and you could see it. You could see it, particularly when his teammates came over the first time. You could see the drop the head, yeah. overwhelm, you know. And it was like, that's it. That's the moment right there. Uh, they they play the, you know, they, they get into the game. He's clearly tight. They run the flare screen for him. You know, the pet action, let him get that shot off. The second time he touches it, he pulls from the logo. Uh, third time, was that the drive and finish, I think it was? Yes. Yeah, so that's when he got, that's when he got on the board. Um, and that seemed to kind of calm some things down, but I was a little bit surprised that Giannis was the one who just drove on the first possession. I thought maybe let, let Dame have that. 
but maybe the plan was ha- maybe have Giannis put the pressure on, maybe get a right. dunk and kind of like subdue things a little bit so it's easier for him. Mm-hmm. But uh, Doc mentioned, Doc Rivers before the game said, I've been a part of these before they suck as a coach. Because he's like, you never know what you're going to get. You don't know how oh, a guy yeah. is going to react. And he's had KG, he's had Patrick Ewing. Like, he's had first ballot Hall of Famers go through it. And he's like, you just, you just never know. You just don't. Um, and I don't think anybody anticipated how Dame exactly was going to react. But the crowd went nuts. And then they play the first tribute video at the first time out. And the crowd goes nuts again. Absolutely bonkers. And that seemed to really get to him. Because it played all of his hits. Played all the yep. game winners. And pushing through from license to Lillard all the way up to his 71-point game against Houston. Yeah. And I think it was two and a half minutes. It wasn't the 10-minute video. It wasn't. I, I've seen some people like, well, they didn't even go all out. I'm like, guys, he's not dead. He's not dead. He's just coming back to Portland for the first time. Yeah. Two and a half minutes. Mwah, perfect length. Yeah. So uh, they get into the game. It's still a little herky-jerky there. Uh, it was the highest scoring quarter of the game was 38-37 in that first quarter. Incredibly exciting. Incredible shot making by both sides. Mm-hmm. Then the next time out comes, <laughs> and they play the community service video. And D did not – if he knew it was coming, he forgot, but I don't think he knew it was coming. Yeah. Um, and his teammates were busting his balls on the bench. Like, are they going to do this all night long? <laughs> so. By the way – sneaky execution by portland Mm -hmm. because you have to pay tribute to them but you can twist it a little bit make it a little uncomfortable yeah you don't tell them when it's gonna play or that there is another one and it's like oh you feeling a little better in the game let's hit you with an emotional tribute video now (laughs) here's the emotion you being a good person the thermonuclear emotional bomb so i mean we're we're we might jump around a little bit here but like to what you're saying though Mm -hmm. i mean he basically said in the post game it's it was draining. It was it's just emotionally draining. Oh, he was cooked going he, through it. Yeah, after the game, um, I was texting back and forth with him, and uh, he, he was like, "Sorry, I left." I'm like, "No, go, dude!" <laughs> like, I I could tell before the game you were cooked. Like, it, I can't imagine what you're feeling right now. I was exhausted after that game. That drive, I've got an hour drive home after the game, man. Yeah, I felt like at two hours, I was tired. Like. I, I left the arena a little after, I think, midnight last night, 12.15, 12.20, something like that. I got home at, like, 1.30. Yeah. And it was just, like, I was I was cooked. I, I didn't, the way, that's I didn't play in that basketball game. No, nope. no. I that's not leave. normal because sometimes you leave and you're wired because it's just, like, yeah. weird. A bit, yeah, you're like, up. So much. But yeah. emotionally, man, I was spent. So I can't even imagine. No, every other game night, with the exception of, like, now that's probably it, to be honest. No, there's one other instance when Nurk broke his leg. Oh God, yeah. I was cooked after that night. Yeah, I was cooked after that night. Um, yeah. But the, outside of that, I get home and I usually part of the reason why I always why I've done the Jack Ramsey's after dark is because I'm just too jacked to not to stay like to sleep. Right. Like I'll, I'll, the, where I'm at right now, I will come home, I will sit in this chair, and I will spin around, and I will throw on some 2K or whatever, watch a show right here away from my wife and the dog so I can <laughs> decompress before I go in, you know, in the bed. So, right. But last night, man, I got home, and I was spent, man. And I can't imagine what that had to be like for him after playing not only in that game, but with all the emotional ramifications against the little brother and Anthony with – all of the stuff following the Bucks and the national TV. Like, think about what he did yesterday. 
He does the national hit with ESPN with Malika Andrews. He does an interview the night before uh, with the Oregonian. He does Casey Holdall's uh, briefcase. He made time for the pregame interviews. He made mm-hmm. time for Brooke. He made time for me. Like he, like you just kind of go down the list of all of the people he set aside time for and poured into before he stepped on that floor. Oh, and by the way, there's 75 friends and family members that are off in like their own personal area in the undercarriage, the undercroft of Moda Center that he's also oh, yeah. kind of had taken care of. And the Blazers help. Don't get me wrong. Yep. There's a bunch of people behind the scenes, uh, uh, Sherry, Beth, that, that do fantastic stuff and take care of the players, and especially him. Um, but it's just one thing after another, after another, after another, after another, before they even tip off. And then he plays an emotional game where they lose at the buzzer, essentially, mm-hmm. in an opportunity that he has delivered in so many times in this building, on top of being home, really, for the first time for any sustained period since he's been traded. And my guy just wanted to go home and get some sleep and sleep in his own bed. So, um, yeah, yeah, he was spent. I, I, I'm surprised to say this because of what we talked about going into the game. I... I think everything kind of got to him. Um, look, you can certainly chalk it up and say, hey, rough shooting night wasn't his night. Dude, that guy owns that building. I think it's okay to say out loud, that's a lot to weigh on somebody emotionally and mentally. And then it's like, hey, now go out and make all these people sad by beating them. <laughs> yes. That's, that's, that's harder than you think. He did and not that's have where I was game. when we talked about it on, on Tuesday night. I was like, I think he's going to struggle. I think he struggled. He he struggled mightily. He came up with some big shots and some big moments for sure. Um, They they look weird. I'm not counting them out. I watched them against Denver. Like they went neck to neck, neck and neck with Denver. I I felt like though in that game specifically, Doc turned into Adrian Griffin. I saw the old Bucks team. I didn't see a lot of cohesiveness. It's gonna take a while. If it happens, it's gonna gonna take a while. Yes, for sure. I'm not again not counting them out, but just they that was kind of ugly. And you just in general say, "Hey, this team has Giannis and Damian Lillard, and that team has fill in the blank whatever two players you want to say." You're always going to choose the team that has Dame and Giannis, and yet there they were in a dogfight. And Danny, not only the Dame return, um, man, what an effort and and like a collective effort from people who got minutes in last night's game. Jeremy, Malcolm, everybody who played a shooting but made big plays. Tumani was good. What's funny Tumani. is Ant ended up shooting over 50% from the floor. He's 10 of 19 last night because oh. he, he struggled out of the gate. He well, did. I, I just meant, I meant from an efficiency standpoint of 19 shots with the 24 points. Um, he just didn't get to the line. That, that's that really, was a big part. Which, that's, a, that's, that's something we'll dive into later down the my man's he's still building that reputation. He's got to. He's got to. He's got to send some money to the league or something. <laughs> and <laughs> Scoot had his moment. Like he had his best was, first half of the season. Da has now had five straight games of being solid down low and being kind of involved. It was. It was a collective team effort. They looked like a. It's crazy to say it. And on that night, they looked like a better team than Milwaukee. Let's kind of dive into the game here, because. We've kind of set the table for for what it is and what it was and what kind of um, what came out of that. The Blazers overall had their best shot making night of the season so far, and it yep. wasn't their best shooting night overall. They end up shooting a, a very good fifty three forty three one hundred like volume only twenty eight threes, free throws only nine. 
Um, they take really good care of the ball for the most part, only 11 turnovers to the Bucks 13. Uh, they play the Bucks even on the glass, which that was surprising to me, uh, 39 apiece. But the execution and the shot-making was, was incredible. Like you, Jeremy has that post up on Dame, and it was like, well, Jeremy's much taller than Dame. Dame's a solid post up defender, and the shot Jeremy hits is this twisting, whirling dervish, you know, post spin fade while Dame's kind of pushing his hips out. And it's nothing but cash. Ant hits another wrong footed Euro covering Boy. 14 feet of space like that. He is perfecting a shot that when he does the move in real time, I'm like, what? Yeah. 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 And it's because it it's, doesn't make sense. No, it's nasty the amount of distance he covers and the kind of separation he gets. Yeah. Um, and the touch that he has on the shot. Um, I got in the locker room after the game and I kind of just straw poll, you know, go around the room, DA, Ant, JG, Malk, the, mm-hmm. basically the vets, and then a couple of the young guys. You know, how did, how, what did you think of your execution tonight? Fuck, best of the year. Shit. We haven't done better than that. You know, it's like no. guys are guys are feeling themselves. There's there's a lot of like, yeah, yeah. Like they, there was real confidence, and there hasn't been many of those games tonight or th- those games this season. Well, I mean, I, I they're, okay, they're, but I, like, I would add, Danny, I would add to it. That was that was a road home game. Yeah, yeah. Because and this is the thing, and kind of kind of going into like the, the stuff beyond it is like I, I got that answer, and I got a, a lot of head nods of like, oh, for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. Like you know, really like. <laughs> Guys were feeling great about it, and mm-hmm. it wasn't just their offense. Like I, I mentioned two to one player, and the whole locker room two two. You know, everybody lights up, and he's over here like sheepishly trying to hide while he's getting ready to yeah. go in the shower, kind of deal. Guys are patting him because the man took three charges from a three hundred pound Thor. I mean, just unbelievable plays down the stretch. Uh, that charge in the second half was. He oh, got, such he got, good. He got trucked, dude. Such a good play, though. <laughs> he got absolutely dump trucked, and I felt bad for him because there's not many guys that have that kind of size and that kind of force in the NBA, yeah. and, and two didn't flop. Let's put it that way. He, the, no. The man paid for his sins. Yeah. Um, but those contributions were didn't go unnoticed. You know, as much as those were like the, the loud things that two did, two also was on Damian Lillard and slowed Dame down. I thought he played great defense on Dame when he I, did. I did too. Yeah. And uh, when I asked Scoot about him, he goes, we trust him to be our stopper. Like, we trust him to be our stopper. And that sentiment is echoed around the locker room. Like, they they have a lot of trust in a rookie wing to do a lot. That's not common, man. And I think what you saw last night, and it wasn't a perfect game, but you saw for the first time, a glimpse of what this team can be, an imperfect version of it, much like the Thunder saw in their team a couple years ago. A team that is, when they move the ball, they execute, they stay within their principles, that the individual talent can shine. Anthony Simons is going to fry Jay Crowder if you put him on him 40 feet away from the rim, which that one made me kind of go, why would you do that to Jay Crowder? What did he do to you? That seems awful rude. Um, that Tumani Kamara can play defense against the, you know, an MVP caliber player. Giannis and Dame. Yes, and Duop Reith can pull up. Also, I have a perfect comp, I think, for Duop Reith, and it was his co- counterpart in this game. He is Bobby Portis 
Mm. He is Bobby Portis, a guy who is absolutely unabashedly a gunner who is going to let the shot go, who's going to play physical, who's going to make plays. He's going to be a hustle guy. He's a good to okay rebounder, but a guy who's going to probably make the right play, but he's always going to make the aggressive play. I think that's a really, really good comp for for WAP. And WAP... Wop came out there. I don't know if you noticed it. He played with the black headband tonight. Shout out Casey Holdall. Casey Holdall, yeah. Uh, I, I mentioned in the locker room after the game that they needed to get Wop some black Air Force just to go with his black headband <laughs> because that was some black Air Force activity last night. The way he was playing, <laughs> pump, pump and go dunks. You know, absolutely kind of kind of putting on for folks. Uh, Jeremy Grant, even though he's Adidas guy, said, "Yeah, we got to get him some black forces. We we got to get him in line." Um, uh, for for that mentality, uh, we have, we're gonna have to keep a, a, a running tally on on which color headband WAP goes with going forward. Also, side note, they went all black last night, including the socks. It was a good look. I liked it. I I wonder if there was a little bit of like go all black for the funeral. I'm telling you, like I, I think know I don't know that anybody's gonna admit it. I think there might be a little bit of that in that last night, dude. It, they. They had the crowd rooting for them when they were getting stops and scoring late. Mm-hmm. But it still goes in. You have to feel like that's they were a little on his bit. Side. Of, what? They were on his side coming into that game. I mean, they, they that's their dude. Yeah. And they all know that. And that's okay. But, like, that's a chip on the shoulder as a home team. Is like, let's not let this guy get the whole night. You know what I mean? Like, let's go, let's go put some stuff together. They've been playing better basketball for sure. Um, I'm, you know, we'll find some things to get outraged about on this podcast, though, despite the win. <laughs> I'm going to find some things to be outraged I will tell you this. Everybody who played last night had a real contribution last night. And it started with Scoot Henderson. Yeah. For him to come out and play the way that he did under those lights was fantastic. I loved it. Absolutely fantastic. And everybody's going to love the dunk, as they should. The play for me of the night was him going up in the air, getting absolutely smashed in midair by Giannis and still finishing the layup through contact. Yep. That was the play for me where I was like, oh, buddy. Look, foul, no foul. That is a 295, 300-pound freak hammering you midair. And you have the wherewithal to go yeet. And throw and the that strength, by the, the way. body control to orient yeah. yourself. He got a friendly role, but that's because he got some touch. And yeah, like that was like okay. And he kind of he ended up being a, a bit of a tone setter. And to have the to just you know let me go give, give him a big thud to just put it on the table with one second to go and walk into that three, knowing the moment and cash it out with point eight. That was big because that sent the f- crowd into a frenzy going into the quarter break. Well, and I, I you know, I know that uh, we're sitting with you know future questions on this roster of like how this is where this is going, how it's working. Mm-hmm. I, I think you know whether you're working for the Blazers or you're a diehard fan, dude. The rookie stepped up against the guy that everybody beloves, and you're mm-hmm. in a way like replacing him, and you haven't had the greatest year. You've talked before about how like he's 19 his entire life he's been the best player every time he's played and here he is having a little bit of a struggle of a rookie season people writing things off and kind of writing him off for him to come out I'm glad you said what you said because I felt it it was tone setting it was no 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 no. we're taking this tonight and he got out there and he was efficient he played strong he played smart and I get a plan every time and the plan was attack 
I can only imagine, Danny, what that did for his confidence last night. Going home in that car ride, he was juiced post game. Yes, it was the most. It was the most energy. I'd look. Scoot is never short on it. That's not true. He's been. He was short on energy a couple times when things got a little bit rough there. But he's typically not short on energy on any given night. He was like somebody had methed out an Energizer bunny last night. Like, and I tell you what, there's one thing I love about that kid, maybe above all else is that he celebrates and loves the successes of his teammates more than his teammates love them. And it's genuine. Yeah. Like, he couldn't stop talking about two. He couldn't stop talking about DA. He couldn't stop talking about Ant. He never wanted to talk about him. He wants to talk about others, 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 others. If you go watch, like, his 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 IG stories and stuff like that, it's nothing but his teammates. It's not him. Like, he genuinely wants to... Be that he understands guy. what team is. Yes. To me, like, and he's 19 and he gets like I, I this is yeah. so dumb and corny, but I, I try to I'm coaching sixth grade girls this year. No, there, there's 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 a real thing to drive home here. And I'm like, yo, if she scores, we all score. Mm-hmm. If you score, we all score. You get a stop, we gotta stop. Everything is team oriented. I don't like the selfish nature that basketball can present sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I, I, that's an element that I love in a player is just embracing what it is to be team. It's, it's huge, man. Like you're going to build this thing the right way. You have to have guys that buy into that. It's, it's just, there, there's something tangible to that. And I think the Blazers fed on it because Jeremy starts out a little bit rough and hits a three, but then kind of goes a little quiet. But then you saw Scoot kind of be that guy through the first quarter. The ant comes in and ant goes off and then Malk finds his spot. And then Jeremy starts finding his groove. And then you had Jabari in the first half and two in the second half. And you have Wap kind of coming in these two opportunities. You have Matisse come in and his couple opportunities. And you, it just starts to fit together. And the guy that does it all night long, DeAndre Ayton. Yeah. Who, another 2010 game, 20 and 11. Just plugging along 60%. Do, 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 do. I want to read these to you real quick. Uh, not just this game, but the last six games. To yeah. kind of give an idea of where the organization is at right now. Okay. They're three and three in their last six. Mm-hmm. What do I always say, Brandon? Process, process, process. Results will come if the process is there. And one thing I think they have done each night is they've refined the process. They shot like shit against San Antonio and Chicago. I yeah. didn't hate the process. They just couldn't hit the broad side of a barn. If they're in a playoff chase, I'm I'm pissed about that. They, sure. are, they are not in that right now. It is about generating the right looks, taking the right looks, working for each other. And that is what they have continued to do over the last couple of weeks. Okay, And this is what it has led to. Last six games, Anthony Simons 23-7-4 on 50-40-93 splits. Jeremy Grant 19-5-4, 48-40-84 Brogdon 18, 7, and 4, 46, 40, 100 splits. DeAndre Ayton, 17, 11, and 2, 60, 88 splits. Scoot Henderson, 13, 4, and 3, 45, 42, 100 splits. That middle number, the 42? Sure, it's on limited volume, but it's, I don't care. it's three threes a night. Yeah. But Matisse Steibel, seven points, three rebounds, three combined stocks, 
46-37. Duop Reef, uh, 14-4-3. I'm sorry, no, I was looking at his minutes. 8-4-3 on 47-39-75. Like, the efficiencies are there everywhere. Right. And you're seeing it because of the relationship, the trust, the understanding, the execution is just starting to be tightened down because you're just starting to get healthy and build those relationships. And I think last night did wonders for building that base up and giving them a foundational win for this season and for the organization to kind of go, it's not a proof of concept, but if you squint, you can start to see the star in the distance that you're chasing. Yeah. I uh, I want to shout out uh, Eric Gunderson here because he, he did say this on a, the radio station. Like it was an opportunity, Danny, for Chauncey to have the biggest win of his coaching career in Portland. And he got it. And, and he got it. And when you look at it, not just the six games with individual players, but you just look at them as a team, as you mentioned, three and three and – you know, San Antonio, Chicago's poor shooting efforts. Look how close you are to winning those games. Those kind of came down to the wire. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of just about what we're seeing. And I want to get to one little thing. I want to throw it at you that I don't know if you saw it. I, I saw Sean Hyken respond to somebody, and I just kind of thought, that's an interesting thing to have to respond to after they beat Milwaukee. Uh, what are you... What are you seeing? I think the hard thing in, in sports like baseball and basketball is how, how long seasons can be. And from time to time, when when lows happen, it's easy to get kind of sucked down into it. And then, boom, you're right out of it riding a winning streak or you're playing better basketball. What has changed for them? Is it just as simple as, yeah, they're healthy, they're playing together, they don't have that many possessions together, and that's true. But what are we seeing from Chauncey Billups? I think, and we talked about this on Tuesday, there was that kind of come to Jesus meeting on that road trip where they got the crap kicked out of them, where there was a real establishment of roles as everyone was kind of coming back. And even though they continued to lose and they had a couple of rough games after that OKC schlacking, you started to see just little things. And I got killed for it. Cause like you shill, you're covering up for the team. You're, you're a paid merchant for the team. And it was like, no, I just, I don't care about wins and losses. The, and, I, and I'm looking at the pod. Oh, because I said I, I was finding good things in like we talked about Chauncey last pot, and we both said like we're not the biggest fans. But the but thing, the thing that matters, better. the thing that matters the most to me is the response, and this yeah. is what you're getting. What you saw last night was part of the response. Sure, and part absolutely. Of that, and part of that response is letting Scoot Henderson stay out there longer in the first half because he's playing better. Mm-hmm. And taking him off the floor in a crucial moment because he made a mistake. That is the that is the give and take of this process. And what's important about that as it pertains to Chauncey Billups is that the players respect him to allow him to do that. And that is why I have not gone after Chauncey and been like, they need to get rid of him. Because to compare it to Adrian Griffin, that was never there. Right. They didn't respect him like that. Chauncey has these players' respect. And so when we talked to Scoot Henderson last night about coming out after the game, we talked to Chauncey Billups about pulling Scoot out. They're both very blunt in the sense of Chauncey says, yeah, I left Scoot out there in the first half because he was cooking. He earned it. Mm -hmm. Very much keep what you kill stuff. He's been very consistent with that. I noted it on Twitter when it happened live last night. 
Anthony Simons goes to check back in at his normal time, and I go, oh, here comes Ant to come get Scoot, and I see Ant go, no, and shake his head, Tease, and Tease's like, all right, bet. Tease goes out, and Scoot stays in. And if you listen to Lockdown Blazers uh, with Richmond, he's been calling for, give me more Scoot, give me more Scoot. Yeah. And I look back at Mike, I go, this is what you wanted. <laughs> you know, and he goes, no. Everybody's calling for more Scoot. We all want more Scoot. <laughs> What's funny was, he goes, no, but I didn't want the old guy out there. I want, to, I want him out there with the young guy, you know. <laughs> and shout out, Mike, sorry to put up your spot. I just thought it was a very poignant thing because Oops All Guards is also his. Um, <laughs> but it, it was Chauncey giving Scoot an opportunity because he earned it. And then he goes down and commits an egregious turnover immediately. Yeah. And Chauncey goes, look, you're already on thin ice already, rookie. So, I'm going to pull you out. And I've already had some people push back. Well, they let Anthony have mistakes. Well, yeah. Yeah, the guy that's in his year six and is capable of scoring 40 and 10, or going for 40 and 10, has more leeway. As does Malcolm Brogdon. As does Jeremy Grant. As does the, the NBA Finers anchor uh, center in DeAndre Ayton. They've, they've paid their dues. Scoot hasn't paid his dues yet. And it's just literally just little things. It's just... You, I'm gonna sound like an asshole. Use your brain. There aren't they well, aren't they aren't the same thing. Yeah, I mean, I I think most let, let's be honest. Logical people understand that they're not the same thing. But I, like, what I don't get, and maybe I'm just not on the internet enough anymore. But like, I saw our homie Sean Hyken responding to somebody who was like, "Why isn't Scoot closing the game?" And I'm like, "Well, he got the opportunity and he failed." Well, but like that, that's but the, the so more what? important why does no, he no, need to close the, the game? The more important thing is he got the opportunity, and guess what? Sure. The, when he goes out there and plays well again, he's going to get the opportunity again. But why did it matter yesterday? They won the game because I think there's this division among the fan base that it doesn't matter if they win or lose this season. And I would push back strongly against that. And I'm again, I'm going to borrow here from from Richmond again. Listen to his podcast, but he mentioned yesterday when he was walking out, he heard some assistant coaches talking about how this was a win that they will remember yeah they and don't get that, very many of these yeah this and is i had the exact same sentiment from other players and coaches and talking to guys that this was a win that's that was why i i've been kind of banging that drum here tonight is that i heard it from multiple people like this is a win that you're like if you're the thunder two years ago you go that's a that's kind of a that's a win you'll you'll remember it's like, something you hold on to from the coaching staff right and the and, and, and honestly process. as a player i'll give you a little anecdote yeah. right here like uh a bunch of the young guys asked me about the noise and the atmosphere and it was i kind of looked around and i was like it gets louder than that and they're like really i go this place when it when it roars it roars when they're good, it rolls. Uh, there's not many like it in the world. It is yeah. it is different. I, I told them, you know, during the Western Conference Finals against the Lakers, uh, against the Utah Jazz, when Brian Grant comes kind of back out, like you had to scream to the person next to you to say a word. And it was funny watching Ryan Ryan's eyes light up, Chris Murray's eyes light up, and they're like, "That was special tonight. That was special tonight. The not the game, the atmosphere." And you could see the the fact that, that atmosphere is just resonating with them so much lets you know how special it was, mm-hmm. and that's where it's like, that's why winning that game mattered. When stakes are high and you live up to them, the way the crowd washes over you with that support and that push is different than what you've experienced in the previous forty three games. 
Yeah. And that's what you're building towards when in four, five, six years when you're riding that wave to the top of the standings, that that gets behind you. And I think that's that's why that's so important. That's why that stuff matters. That's why you win that game for all of the, you need assets, it's, it's, it's a zero-sum game. It's not. It's not a zero-sum game. The people context matters. And you could see it emanating around the room last night. I think the one thing that's really important to remember for people is the perspective here that like they're not catching the bottom three teams in this league. Those teams are well ahead of them in terms of draft positioning. There's teams behind them that they're going to be wedged in front of basically yeah, the rest. The Spurs of the are five games back. The Wizards, the, Hornets, the, Pistons, the Wizards are six, yeah. and the Pistons are nine. So, yeah. <laughs> like, come on, like, and it was like, oh, it's only five games, like. Five games is a lot, especially when they're gonna like. You look at what they've done: uh, Hornets two and eight, Wizards and Pistons both three and seven, the Spurs three and seven, the Blazers are five and five. And like, well, it their schedule is gonna in, get in their last ten. Yeah, their schedule is gonna get pretty tough here. Uh, Blazers they have are going back- on, a, on a seven game road trip that is gonna take them fifteen days. They they have uh, <laughs> Portland has back to back with Denver's. Yeah. They've got Detroit at home, so that should be a dub. Then New Orleans comes to town. We'll see what happens there. Then you have back-to-back against Minnesota. You see Denver again. Like These next few games are going to be a test for them, Danny, but I think the one thing that I'm going to be watching is how much of what we saw last night, and obviously shooting percentage is going to be a big part of this, but like how much of what we saw is going to translate. Like Denver is obviously better than you. Denver is, in my opinion, the best team in the West. Bet against anybody else. If you bet on somebody else if you want. I'll bet on Denver all day. Can you hang with Denver, though? Can you take what you did last night stylistically, take that to Mile High City, and hang with the Denver Nuggets? No, because nothing travels to Denver. (laughs) No, okay, that's a fair point, but you're playing back-to-back, and what do we know about back-to-backs in the NBA? It's really hard to win both those games. Well, yeah, they they do have a day off. It's it's, it's a home-and-home. They get a day off in between. No, I know, but I'm just saying, like, in general, I think... Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, no, those those, those those one and one series are it's almost yes. impossible to win them both. Yes, they they really are, and I'm I want to see if they can bring that there. How much does Scoop build off of it? Um, I just I don't know, man. Like, I'm not trying to sit here and say that this team is suddenly something different, but what you're seeing from guys like DeAndre Ayton, and I I'll admit I've been real loud with criticism. You know the dominating stuff. He's and been really the good the last did. ten days. He's been good in the yeah in yes and and it's okay to be. On the other side of that, and say, "Hey, I thought he wasn't. Here he is. Okay, I like what I'm seeing." Seventeen, right now. eleven, and sixty percent. That—that's what you want. From Take it him. every night. Jeremy's balling out. Malcolm, I don't know if they're trading him or not, but right now he's a blazer, and you're getting contributions from guys like Tumani, Jabari, Scoot, maybe building some confidence here. It's an interesting time right now for him because they're fifteen and thirty-three, and yet it doesn't quite have that feel right now. No, and uh, some more semi-good news. They did Shaden's injury report up, update a day earlier. Yes, we were, we were looking at getting it today. As I, I, I was told, they ended up doing it yesterday. Uh, he got his scans, and everything confirms that he's on track to kind of get back. They aren't rushing him back out there. He's still doing light court work. Everybody I've talked to is not worried about anything right now. I don't expect him to play between now and the All Star break. 
that's just my, that's not inside information. That's that's my read of the tea leaves, just talking to him and kind of watching. So he's back like stuff. February twenty third ish because that's their first I think, game. I think they, he's back then, barring any kind of updated okay. change. But I don't. Everything seems to sound like everything's kosher on that front. Yeah. Um, he was really blunt and honest about it when he was going through it. You know, before it kind of became public, he said, "Yeah, I'm just fighting it, and I'll try to get through it." And that that was just him. Which was yeah. kind of it was good to hear because I had heard more than a few people kind of question like how tough is he? Um, no, maybe it's part of it. Like it, That's it a is serious injury though. Like yeah, I mean, you just watched your star guy go through it a couple years ago. Yeah, I know, right? Especially that injury. Um, but you look around the locker room, you see these guys what they're taping and how much they're taping and how much they're icing and what you know electrodes they're hooking up for muscle stem and what they're oh, yeah. what they're taking for painkillers and how. You know, I'll never forget Josh Hart. Josh Hart's ankle being the size of a freaking watermelon. And I could hear him say, I can go. And I can look at his foot and it is black. It looks like it's got necrosis. And I'm like, Mr. Mr. Deed's foot? Oh, yeah. It's exactly what it looked like. And I'm just, Damn it. And so I'm just like, oh my God. I watched him take his foot out of an ice tub and I'm just like, the blue is an improvement. <laughs> so you just see how just tough, like, when when I, every time I hear anybody criticize for how tough guys are, or like when DA, I, people criticize like if DA's tough or not, and I see his the his kneecap has a kneecap, I'm just like, nah, he's he's not playing, guys. Mm. <laughs> his knee's mm. facing the other way. Um, you know, his his knee has a forehead. Uh, it was just, it it is like it's just. It's good to hear some good news. That's all I'll say, right? Yeah. It's just the way things have gone. Uh, You're building off good momentum, too, I think, is the other part of this. It just, it's. Yeah. It, and it, Scoot and it, Shaden both named to the Rising Stars team. Yeah. And, and Danny, like in a season where you're not going to get a whole lot of dubs the way you want, like. I, I think I the numbers. The I think the numbers 22 or 23. I what? think that's where they end up. Wins. That's only seven, eight more. Okay. Really? Well, how tough did you just say that schedule got? Well, the schedule is going to get a little tough, but like after Denver again, after the All-Star break, you get Charlotte. Miami's floundering right now. You got back-to-backs with Memphis. Oh, yes, that Uh, East Coast road trip that even the really good Blazers teams were really successful at. That one? Yeah. The one that almost got their coach fired a couple years ago. That, that Yeah, trip. Houston, Atlanta, Miami, Orlando, Charlotte, <laughs> Washington, Boston. Look, Yikes. Charlotte, Washington are bad teams. You'll probably yeah. get a win or two there, but it's also seven games in 15 days. Oh, you got a back-to-back with the Clippers. <laughs> oh, my God. New York's going to be a town. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, and they they look unbeatable right now. They're f- okay. 15 and 2 Touché. in the last 17. Yeah. Look, 25 is probably as high as I'll go right now. Which I picked. Them, I said twenty four and a half wins to start the season. So hey, that's still the under, by the way. <laughs> hey, so uh, real quick, yeah. Um, games coming up. Wrap it up with this. I know we did it two days ago, but I, I'll just ask because everybody's curious. Mm-hmm. Trade deadline rapidly approaching. Uh, we did get a move. Said- we did get a move here with with Memphis and, and Houston a couple hours ago, uh, swinging yep. for Steven Adams. It appears that the Houston Rockets really wanted an injured big man to bring back next year. <laughs> well, uh, here's the thing: Adams they needed a big, but I was confused. He's by not. That he's not going to play until next year. I know. That's why I was confused by. It. They needed a big, and they went and got Adams who can play. I think part of it was like they, they kind of want a tough guy enforcer type 
support guy, good on the locker bench. room guy for <laughs> Alper and Shingun, but also they needed a way to kind of like move some salary around mm. and have some commitments already taken care of while also having some controlled salary. Yeah. The, the, the way the CBA is. Um, I was told that the Rockets basically had a wish list of like, hey, we'd love Rob and the Blazers kind of like, cool. Which there's no reason for the Blazers to deal Robert Williams for hey, Oladipo in three <laughs> seconds. Like, cool. Big gulp, son. Huh? Well, see you later. Like, that's, yeah. I, that's, that's the, as far as I've heard those conversations went. Um, I would imagine if the Blazers were interested in moving Rob, who Rob, I just saw was on the trip. So that's that's good to see because he hasn't oh, like, good he's been, around the guys. been around the team a ton um, because he's been rehabbing. It's not a bad thing. He's just been rehabbing a torn knee. So um, I haven't heard anything else as far as, as it pertains to the Blazers. I would imagine this weekend is when the discussions are going to start taking place. Yeah. So um, we, will, we will check in Monday, Tuesday, I think, and then we will have a trade deadline ex- extravaganza or extrava non-danza whatever that is for nothing happening but we'll go over the reasons why or why not moves were made after gathering some sources and some intel and kind of figure out where we are a week well actually a little earlier than week from today uh the trade deadline's up uh yeah last thing for me is just enjoy it enjoy small wins enjoy big moments like you have to during the season and last night no matter how you feel on either side of the coin it's freaking awesome and to get a complete team effort that way um, it's something that I'm I'm going to remember for this season is definitely that game and how many people contributed to it. So don't be miserable all day, every day. Enjoy some small things once in a while. Last night was really cool. Yeah, it was. Um, I A big part of me wanted to see Dame get a dub because he's my guy. Um, Did he seem this? Okay, I, I, this is just your two cents real yeah, quick. We'll wrap up on this. It's weird because they're two in the East, but the way I've watched a lot of their games and the way people talk about them, I was like, you think they'd be sixth or seventh in the East that's, standing? That's why I have faith in them because their talent is so overwhelming. It, it they does have, feel they, that way. Yes. They, their talent is so overwhelming. It is. I just They just have so many things to figure out. And I know everybody's down on Doc. Hell, I'm down on Doc. But the one thing that I understand and the one thing I've heard from, from people already is that he's already starting to kind of like, do you want to win a title or not? Yeah. He's got the. I mean, that's the one thing Doc has. He's got that pedigree. He's got the respect too. And people yeah. can say what they want, like, "Oh, nobody respects Doc." I'm telling you right now, Doc's going to go in that room and tell people what he thinks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He didn't come out of retirement <laughs> golfing with Larry David to not say what he no. thinks. No. So, and I, that's what they wanted. So, yeah. all right, we'll get out of here. Uh, thank you all for being here. We appreciate you. We love you. Uh, help us grow the show. Like, rate, view, uh, and subscribe across wherever. Share us with your friends. Share us with your family. And uh, thank you. Uh, join. Uh, Brandon's break every morning until his co-host comes back uh, every morning from 6 to 9 a.m. <laughs> whenever he comes back in six months. Uh, God, wait until Dusty has to deal with it when I have a kid uh, <laughs> after already missing me for three weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I'll talk to you about that one off air. Um, <laughs> you can find me from noon to three every day I got with skipped. my co-host. I didn't tell her. <laughs> a lot of practice. <laughs> practice time, babe. Let's go. Uh, from noon to three on 10 to the fan, my co-host Andy, or Andy, Andy Dirk Johnson with Dusty Hera. We're swapping hosts too. Yeah. <laughs> Hang wife. around. Dirk's it's, back in three it's, hours. It's wife swap with our co-hosts. <laughs> <laughs> you can find us on social media at Danny Rank, at Brandon Sprague, at Jack Drams, email the show, jackdrams at gmail.com. Thank you, everybody. Take care. Have a wonderful night, and we'll catch you all soon. Mm, bye.